This becomes a fucking hard wing. Hard wing. Hard wing. <laughs> My political views hard. tend to be very hard wing. <laughs> <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new, I've got a wet bum, and now so do you. We're going to stop living in the past. It's over. It's done. Finito. Good luck to you, right? We're going to live only in the future. That's all we're going to talk about from now on is hip, cool, flash, chrome-plated, brand new things, okay? Okay. And with that, we're going to kick off with yours, mine, and archive. <laughs> Songs we Yes, this is yours, mine, and archive, uh, where we pluck a demo from the archives uh, and play it to you for your dissection and delection. Delectation. Delectation. Very good, very good. It's delectable, that is. This Ah. demo didn't even make it past the phone stage. (laughs) Oh, God. It was sent on an email with high hopes, received nothing in return, and was left to wallow and simmer at the bottom of uh, a load of emails from years ago that I happened to find when I was looking for something else, as is often the way with an email deep dive. And I'm going to play it for you now. I just want to point out, never have we ever... Just gone straight in. Gone straight in. We'll do the intros in a bit, don't worry about it. At your convenience, could I hope to be someone you consider? If only for a fleeting world, maybe something like an afternoon. I could tell you how the time I spent fighting. I could tell you. I don't know if calloused hands and being worked hard impress you Or a big muscle man with a monstrous tongue gets you going But if so, I could tell you about the time I moved my couch It was the family couch but it'd be remiss of me to not jump on this opportunity to say to you what I hope you might say yes to. Now, who who were you listening to at the time? There, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so that is a shining example of the unflinching plagiarism that dominated my early attempts at songwriting. Now, yeah. for anybody who's familiar with the Stiff Records roster, you might only be on nodding terms with with this man, but he's reckless, Eric. And in the future of talking about things moving forward, the future and all this sort of stuff, with the interest of talking like that, uh, he's someone that we mentioned way back in the very first episode of Higher Fidelity, which was yeah, back, yeah. which was back in twenty nineteen. Mm. Is there a pause button on this life thing? <laughs> But yeah, so this is now with a keen ear. I want you to listen to this song and see if you can find any. I'm going to A B them with the new song. I want to see if you can find any similarities between what I just played there, which was what I thought was an artistic expression of my creative limits at the time. And this is this is this is the record Eric song. Same first line yeah. the melody as well. Like oh, but, little, 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 little. but the words are literally the same. I know. Yeah. yeah. 
face. It's even inspiring the exact same foot dancing from the three. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just, just so, so no one forgets. At your convenience, could I hope to that be is silly. Okay, and now I kind of covered that by saying it was, you know, an element of my early attempts at songwriting. But early suggested I was like 14, 15, which is not the case. That was done in 2016. I was 20 years of age. <laughs> no, <Pete. laughs> up with that. Jesus Christ. No. Isn't that pathetic? I don't know what was going on there. I and, and you humoured it. You were like, sounds good. What are the lyrics there? Send them all. I'm sure he emails me like, promising. Yeah. <laughs> there is so much of that. Yeah. There is. I do wish at some point in the future we could take everyone through that like email chain of, the, of those rounds of songs that were sent around because it is... Yeah. A hilarious read because you look at it and go there's objectively fucking shit stuff in there <laughs> some ideas in there that could be developed yeah. yeah but it's even like and everyone's being very nice being like you know yeah it sounds good man what's this yeah okay great, okay yeah, yeah when a nice that's fucking bad <laughs> would have done everyone in the world of good yeah 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 you're even doing the accent and everything it, it, I'm doing an impression at the beginning yeah. it's a joke uh, it's terrible but look how far we've come look how far yeah. we've come that was a song that me and Niall used to listen to a lot going to that school that demo that yeah. demo yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on a recognition it's a great song uh, I remember that we had uh, we were singing that and we were also singing it was a time we were away doing a European festival I can't remember where it was but it was in a football field pitch area place because all the dressing rooms were our own were, the, were their own boxes for like the VIPs and things like yes. that and as we were singing that we were we were, we were, had a habit of like we'd listen to two songs on a loop for like a day or so like I remember yeah. the first time that ever happened with was me and you listened to 16 tons and I got my mind set on you on like a double bill on repeat in the hotel mm. the entire day obviously Tony's Journey Forward and the George Harrison version because the original version of Got My Mind Set On You is weird. Strange. The time, the timing's weird. I'm glad George like straightened it up a bit. Yeah. We'll give it a white man spin that actually was better. <laughs> D- this particular date, this European festival, the two songs we were we were we were spinning loads were Reconnaissery and Pop Song by Reckless Eric. Yeah, yeah. And at that exact moment, a gift basket was dropped into us from the headline band of the festival. 30 Seconds to Mars. Indeed. Isle of Wight? No, it wasn't Isle of Wight. Germany. It was Germany. Germany, I think we played with them. Oh. That's JL, isn't it? So, a, a basket arrived with a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of wine, some really expensive biscuits, and then German chocolate-covered Pringles. All of which, I'm sure, were left behind. Not even touched. We didn't take, yeah. the, plas- we didn't take the plastic off the basket. Oh, we came with a note from 30 Seconds to Mars saying, it was our honour to play with you today. And I was like, we're on 11 o'clock in the morning on the Friday. You're not here until yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Did not care for it. It seemed needlessly nice. We don't need your charity. We just lick our seat. Jared Leto licked my hole yeah, that yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, He's a serious fucking spark. <laughs> <laughs> He's been around in films for way longer than you think. Yeah. Mm. Way longer than you want to think. Have you seen My So-Called Life? No. You're going to enjoy that. Oh, good. Oh, because I watched Suburbia as well. Oh, you mean singles? No, obviously. You watched Suburbia. Sing- singles is great. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, love singles. But Suburbia... It's very weird and depressing and not in a fun 90s way. It's really? Parker Posey's really good in it. Who's Parker Posey? She's like the woman who's in it. Whatever role Liv Tyler doesn't play, Parker, Parker Posey, Posey plays in everything else. Oh yeah, Parker Posey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, she's in Dazed and Confused. She and you got Mail, but probably in a minor she role. Play, she plays the friend of Meg Ryan and you've got Mail who's in the shop with Steve Zahn as well. So her and Steve Zahn are in loads of films together. Mm. Steve Zahn does have some great moments in Suburbia. But it is your man Giovanni Ribisi who plays Phoebe's brother and friends. He's in it. Okay. And it's, it's it's an odd film. She's in Scream 3. She's in uh, Waiting for a Guffman as well. That's the, the Christopher, Christopher Guest. Must have been really good. Oh, I was, yeah, I remember seeing it years ago. It's really good. So that was Reckonishery. Regulatory brackets Pete's song. Do you remember the very one of the very first songs I ever sent on was 
Simon Song. Remember Simon Song well. I kind of thought Simon Song was going to come on there, but you said it didn't no. get past the phone stage, which Simon Song did get to. Uh, it very much got past the phone stage, but then hit a brick wall in yeah. the becoming an actual song stage. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's so many of them I didn't realise and I went through, because I thought like everything I've ever written we've gone on to do, uh-huh. which definitely isn't the case. I thought no. I, I, th- I thought I was like six for six, you know, <laughs> fucking they're all getting, do- not the case at all. There's so many I'd forgotten. And it's like, the thing being, that, you know, it's that's funny and it's bad, that, that recognition rip off. Yeah. But I spent time doing that. Mm-hmm. Obviously not mm-hmm. much. Yeah. But still thought like this was. Spend more time listening to the Reckless Eric song. Yeah, exactly. But it's fun that I did that and then thought that's worth sending on, thinking it was going to get past the only other people in the world could have listened to that song as much as I had. Yeah. That brings an end to yours, my anarchy. Now we get to the intro. You're very welcome to the 17th episode of Higher Fidelity. I'm Peter. I'm Ross. I'm Evan. I'm Becky. Here we are all together again. Now, before we continue, there's some housekeeping to be done first, or some stuff to sort of mention first. This time of year is often a time of reflection for an awful lot of people because we're now coming towards the end of 2020. Well, we're... we're this is going to come out in January, but we're doing this before Ireland yes. goes back into Uber Mega yes. Optimus Prime <laughs> Megatron Starscream fuck off lockdown. <laughs> so we're doing this before we obviously can't be around together again. So we're just, we're at the tail end now of 2020. As I say, it's a time of reflection and all that. And as we look at our reflections in the mirror, we gaze upon faces that are beautiful, successful and superior. <laughs> what are some year highlights from everybody? I think we obviously, the, the year started the tail end, really. Yeah. The year only kicked off in November. November. <laughs> <laughs> this year has been an incredible six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's use a little metric. What do we go, what, what was our Spotify wrapped like? What was the top song you played this year? Just to give us a little inkling of what was... My top song was Neon Heart by the Boomtown Rats. You changed your fucking tune. I, you came down being like, I've got eight busted songs. No, they're in, my, they're, they're in my fucking in like top 100 I actually don't have any busted I have McFly in my okay. no my top song was Neon Heart by Boomtown Rats because we went to the Boomtown Rats premiere this year yes that happened this year did we that's talk- a highlight oh my god what the fuck yeah. yeah we did talk about that didn't we on the podcast surely we did surely when yeah, it was new we well we went into lockdown immediately after shit okay should we give them the quick run so basically yeah, yeah, yeah. we went along to the Boomtown Rats premiere for the documentary we were invited along film was fine film was great excellent film, film was great the surrounding paraphernalia left a lot to be desired in terms of men grunting in like modesty sparrings <laughs> that, that I didn't care rat for masks. rat masks black popcorn the whole yeah, the whole, so the whole premiere was, was it was themed it was rat themed which I didn't think they really did that anymore it was nice it was actually oh, co- no, it, was nice. it was cool that the effort it was, nice was gone to add something like that yeah the, the level of effort was cool even if they weren't necessarily artistic decisions you'd make yourself totally and our friends obviously the lenses were there the Lord Fridays yeah. were there and we yeah. went along to the film those were pleasant we got went along to the after party then which is where we did see the end of days in terms of like I think everyone had a sense that this was going to be the last social occasion for a while because mm-hmm. everybody was there and their fucking uncle yeah we were upstairs in the workman's uh, I said the workman's we were upstairs in workman's I hate people call it the workman's we were upstairs yeah. in workman's and the smoking area bit was like cordoned off so there was like cause the Rock Against Homelessness gig was on that night as well yeah. so they had to cut off one half of the of workman's just for people who had from, been from the gig and from the premiere and all that and mm. remember a person in a rat mask came in with 20 Defontaine's pizzas and just put them on the floor oh, oh, yeah. and everyone started yeah. to pull out of them it was mental there was this, a, a massive list it was nice being like a D list presence at an A list thing. Yeah, uh, I knew some people on the other side yeah. of the fence, and they were like texting me, being like, "How the fuck are you in that private party with Bob Geldof?" I was like, "Wouldn't you like to know?" Let's run through the list. So there was Bob Geldof, Sinead O'Connor, Michael e. Higgins was at the premiere. Obviously. Yeah, President yeah, of Ireland. Michael e. Higgins was in work. Yeah, yeah, Michael e. Higgins got me a shot. It was a free bar as well, which was yeah. availed of yeah. horrendously. Uh, Shane McGowan was at the premiere, not at the. Victoria Mary Clark came to the thing afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was very much like in the in the cinema. It was like every Irish celebrity. Bar 
bar Bono. We met some of the lads. For, the horse lips were there. We met. Yeah, um, horse lips were there. Yeah, Jim Lockhart and a few of those lads you were there. You know what I had to this, this, this was the first time I properly like introduced Cro Magnon to the world as well. Because I remember we were there and Adrian Thrills, who wrote Forty Eight Thrills, that really cool yeah, thing. He yeah. was there, and we went to the, the pre. The, the, we had pre drinks in the bar. After we the had cinema. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> there was Neil McCormick, who's writer for the Telegraph. We there was Niall Stokes, who runs Hot Press. There was Pat Carty and 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 Stuart Clark, brave men all, who were like the hot, head writers in Hot Press. We had Adrian Thrills, who writes for the Guardian now as well. And I had the third issue of Hot of you know, the, I mean, the sixth issue of Cromagnon ready to go. So I brought them around and gave it to all of them and things like that. And that was it was kind of nice to get get that there. And, and um, Ed Byrne, not Ed Byrne, he's an Irish comedian. Uh, <laughs> Ed, Eddie, the newspaper man. Eddie, the newspaper man. Yes, him. You remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know yeah. exactly who you're talking about. We got given Gallagher for copy of the news. But anyway, at the after party, so we had there was all those sort of press heads there. There were a few radio people there as well. BP was there. Ourselves, obviously, the lens was there. Sinead O'Connor, Bob Gallagher, Fontaines landed up then from the Rockets. So I actually got the Fontaines in because they were on the other side of the barrier. I, I was like, you had the pull. I had the pull and I pulled them in. Pulled them in. Pulled them off. Who else? knocking around then the 1975 were playing that night in the three arena they happened to be there and kneecap landed up as well because and i only know this i only we only know the extended guest list because i got a photo someone sent me a photo a screenshot of a tweet oh yeah, yeah of yeah. someone saying what the fuck are bob geldof Sinead o'connor on the stripes kneecap in 1975 and fontaine's all doing and workmen's at once what the fuck is going on the end of days was what was going on yeah, yeah because yeah. that was the last Where, was like the murder capital there i think some of them were as well they, yeah, I'm not sure. been, yeah, they were on yeah. the bill of rockets homelessness yeah it was it felt great being on the other side of a fence after like quite a while uh, and again, being a minor presence there, we were still very much X stripes at that time in the eyes of the world, yeah. as if we're not now. But <laughs> but yeah, that was that kind of happened there. That was again that was the last social occasion. That was the last big blowout. It was like a great Gatsby style blowout. Yeah. Two days later, we were in the first lockdown, weren't we? Two days. Because yeah, the, lend- the lenders flew home the next morning, and they said, "Oh, Cyprus West is cancelled. It's not happening now." Yes, um, and I remember this was kind of before we knew how serious Corona was. Because I remember, oh. I remember like there were some people doing the elbow at that stage, like doing the the elbow yeah. thing, and I remember being like. It's kind of silly because uh, I was like it, this definitely isn't going to take off and then it took off like within two days yeah. <laughs> but uh, I Felix uh, tells this funny story where we were like sitting at uh, one of the tables in the smoking area of Workman's and he accidentally spat on my lip <laughs> and for like apparently for like the next two weeks he like had like an existential crisis of what if I gave Becky COVID <laughs> and like watched it happen <laughs> I was at work I was in work the next morning I was back and I still worked in Duns and so left there at like three we, we stayed there like three or four we were there till the quite, quite end of it all mm. of the party and then I get up at about six I stayed in the B&B with Sloan and Felix and I got up at six to go back to work and was in work at seven or like half seven or eight or so and I was back to like skewering chickens getting them ready for the fucking oven and yeah. one of them did left the, someone had left the gizzards in one of them so when I did when it just popped the little thing in the middle oh. and I got a load of like blowback went up in my face of like fucking chicken blood and, and bits and things like that right you were king gizzarded as that happened the there was a chap walking with me as well who said oh look what you did there you idiot and as he did that a bit of his like spit landed on my neck as well <gasps> and I was thinking to myself like six hours before this I was at a party with Geldof chatting shite having the crack and now I'm here being assaulted from both sides with dis- <laughs> with disgusting liquids this was the, this was the duality of man that's horrifying but yeah that, that, that was definitely a highlight I'm looking at my spot if I rapped here top song is saved for later by the beast that was always gonna happen it does go to shit you can see like the emotional demolition of a man does go save it for later air hostess (laughs) (laughs) when will i see you again (laughs) that's amazing that that made it into your time i know i did have a sad week any other year highlights though it's so hard to even remember remember which is this year and which is 2019 well it started this year we played on our friend connor lumsden's album oh yeah that's right i did a play as well yeah oh yeah 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 recorded an album for stone and felix as well we we packed a lot into like january and february (laughs) we fucking did i remember doing that 
February going like the, as the lenses were leaving to go home we had this sort of moment in work so we were going like this is great we're, we've recorded an album we're going to part ways now the year is so busy and then it just wasn't mm. so it was a year that didn't see much until the release of Don't Say a Word which forced the earth to turn on its axis car horns sounded different the next day yeah. cats walked differently after <laughs> this song came out door hinges were made of a different type of material <laughs> it saw us grace the cover of culture magazines it saw us cover the graces of magazine culture we skyrocketed into the charts at number one and then depth charged out of the charts at number infinity <laughs> very soon after our star faded so quickly that it actually accelerated through the stages of interstellar decay at such a speed that it forced time to fold in on itself and recurse infinitely, resulting in us becoming yesterday's news on the day of release. All that on my 24th birthday. Which is the opposite of 42. Life. Off the back of that accidental and reckless damage to the cosmos and presumably the music, we signed a deal with ATC, an agency who uh, are now legally obligated to... Uh, I didn't realise how long my leg hair is. An agency, <laughs> an agency who are now legally obligated to represent us in a court of live performance. Now, our main guy there, Steve, is a massive fan of the podcast. So we'll give Steve a shout, right? Hey! Steve-o! Good man, Steve. Hope you enjoyed that shout, Steve. We did other stuff as well. And it's right December. We recorded after rehearsing there for quite a bit. We mentioned in the last podcast we recorded three, we pre-recorded three live stream shows in Dublin, Dundalk and Cork, which tantalizingly simulated the touring experience with no audience. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're used to walking onto no audience. <laughs> the emptiness, it was, it was weird going on playing to like no people there. The context of the emptiness was what was, was what made it weird. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, ah, no one came. Who gives a fuck? It's fine. It's no one's allowed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Camera crew filmers, and the horrible thing was through the shows, I just kept making horrible, sustained, prolonged eye contact with the cameraman. <laughs> the first one, the Grand Social, went out last night. How do we feel about it? We were buzzing about it. Yeah, well, the, the reaction. We were on a high from the reaction. Yeah, unanimously positive because any, uh, you know, any insecurities that might have been floating around. The first gig of this lineup of the band, and first, first real gig that a large amount of people are going to see by the band, going out in that context. Once it actually happened, it was a really exciting thing. I thought. Yeah. This, this was the first time a lot of people were going to hear the songs and see us play and things like that. Yeah. So I was always kind of like, oh, it just could be better. Definitely was looking like a band doing a second ever show. Yeah. People who tuned in to watch it, I'm very grateful and glad everyone enjoyed. Yeah. Things like that. More coming out as well. Yeah, I definitely think the other ones will be better. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, might I draw your attention to the solo in Die by His Own Hand? <laughs> this is a song that we performed. Third number in in the opening salvo. I just looked up the stripes. <laughs> you gum. Now <laughs> there is like you hit a note where you go make it away with that and then I totally lose it so it sounds it's like you're gone. sliding up to the right note and you're going to totally save it and then I don't but you slide back down to the wrong note <laughs> yeah I fake you out with like oh I might save it no yeah. It's gone. I'm not that adept a player yet where I can, like, you know, save a solo. It's like, if I hit the wrong note, like, it wasn't even jazz. It's like, yeah, it, 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 it got away from you. <laughs> yeah, I got a text from someone saying, uh, really enjoyed seeing it. Bit raw, no for in the edges, but good to see you back gigging. Uh, and I was like, oh. Mm. Safe to say my vocals are peaky. I think and what, I just want everyone to know that I know that. <laughs> definitely. I think it was, we all suffered a bit from, this is my first time playing live in a long time. Mm. Uh, the context is weird. The sound on the where we are isn't great. We can't hear an awful lot of stuff. Yeah, the room is fully bright. I can see myself on a monitor. Yeah, we did. They also had the TV screen in front of us that had what they were what they were filming on it as well. So you kept looking at yourself going, am I in shot for this? Again, that was a detracting factor, I feel. But yeah, look at it. It went out and it was grand. The other two will be out at some point. I think Cork is the next one to go out. In the coming days. Coming days. And then... We've won it that we didn't undock. 
Oh my god, as well. What else have we done? We did some recording as well for our next single. Sorry, I've I've inspired a round of yawns now. Sorry for this. <laughs> we finished recording the next single. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we finished recording the next single. Yeah, uh, it's getting mixed on that now over yeah. Christmas. So there's another event we took part in as well, organised by a, an organisation called One Stop Band Shop. We're doing a thing called Merchy Christmas. It was all about uh, getting bands the opportunity to sell their wares to their fans. All this sort of like trying to be like, oh yeah, we're trying to facilitate people having a nice time. Obviously, it was just bands hawking their merch in the smoking area of the Grand Social. But they asked if we'd if we'd do it. And she said, yeah, why not? It'd be grand. Now, so we, we kind of went a bit overboard and we got a backdrop, myself and Ross, uh, did a hand-drawn backdrop which was hand-adored by a lot of people and we then went over, we got some more blue mushroom boxes, filled them full of zines, we got over 100 zines printed of the last five issues, put them up, we brought the last run of the cassettes, we had about 20 cassettes or stuff left, brought then did a really small run of t-shirts, brought the Cro-Magnon sandwich board, brought some of the stuff that was in the parcels people got when they ordered the cassette, which was a signed picture of our autograph, things like that. I brought a blue bed sheet as well to give the whole thing a blue sort of theme uh, to put on the table and all this sort of stuff. I also brought some unfolded zines and I did a little workshop where people could, I could show them how to fold a zine if they wanted to see it. And I also brought the, the mic we use for this podcast so that there was like a chance to be interviewed for High Fidelity if they felt like it. Most bands would have been happy to prop up a vinyl on an empty pint glass, which some actually did, which was sickening. <laughs> the lack of effort, considering someone went to effort to actually put this event together, the lack of effort by some of the bands there was despicable. Some made the effort, <laughs> which is fine. People were really out there to make friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that leads us on to word on the street never miss a beat with the word on the street yes this is word on the street and that jingle was made in a rush <laughs> yes this is word on the street where whenever we've been out in the street talking to people with our zoom mic we've interviewed them and spoken about whatever we were currently at at that point now i interviewed people while i was showing them how to fold the zine so while they were folding i talked to them about why they were here and things like that now notice how at the beginning of each of these interviews i can't remember the name of the event the venue or the band that i'm in <laughs> and yeah so here we have, we have the first one here uh, this is a woman called shannon i believe who's actually setting up her own zine but yes this is shauna Okay, here we are here at the Grand Social at the One Stop Band Shop, One Shop Band Stop uh, Merchy Christmas thing, and I'm speaking to Shauna. Shauna uh, about making a zine. She's never she's starting her own zine and has, has been her interest has been piqued by Cro Magnon, and we're going to show her how to make one of our own here. How was your curated hand folding zine experience? How did you feel? You feel you learned a lot today. I feel like I learned so much about myself and about zines. Fantastic, brilliant, Shauna. Thank you for that. And uh, this next people are a couple. There's a couple called Lola and Peter. Okay. Right, okay, back here again at the merch store. Uh, what's what's this called again? The One Stop Band Shop. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the merch market in <laughs> the uh, with the, uh, in the Grand Social. Here we have Lola and Peter. Peter, I'm Peter as well. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the peas are out tonight. Uh, yeah, and we're just going to, they've, they've, they've really graciously taken an issue each, uh, which is great. And we're going to show them how to actually make one themselves as well. So we're going to learn something today. Obviously, I've since, in, in the interim here, I've obviously shown them how to make a zine. Of course. So now, having completed your first zine, how do you feel? Uh, rejuvenated. Fantastic. You've, you've donned the zine. You've donned the sandwich board. How did that make you feel? Did the power run through you? Oh, it coursing through me veins. Of course it would. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. Well, let's look, that's, that's Peter and Lola here at the merch stand thing as well, being very kind taking some of the free stuff and not paying for anything but like we forgive them also uh, the one that Peter made was an absolute disaster he somehow <laughs> managed to make it into a rhombus uh, <laughs> however he managed to fold it she also sounded really unsure of her own name she was like Lola I did to be fair <laughs> they did come up and say what's this and I went I'm going to show you how to make a zine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <I laughs> did. they weren't they were not prepared I didn't prepare anybody for this now I was not prepared for what this next person was about to say to me right mm. I want you to listen to this absolute Lunatic. Oh look lad, because we came across a few months ago and just were like, what the fuck is this? Like the most head fuck band ever. So we're here at the Zen Arcade merch stop, uh, uh, the, mer the one stop band shop merch market, <laughs> merch market in uh, the Grand Social. 
And we've made fun of the Cardiacs before on the podcast, and I cannot believe we actually have a dyed-in-the-wool true fan of the Cardiacs. Unironically, this is Dave here with his report on the Cardiacs. Uh, yeah, I really like your jumper, actually, as well. Oh, it's a great jumper. Thank you very much. Back to the Cardiacs. Yeah, the Cardi- Cardiacs. Not to be confused with the Cardigans, which kind of relates to the jumper, but Car- Cardiacs. Yeah, they're a great band, like... Really, uh, it's like we, we, I heard tarred and feathered, and I went, I can't believe this is real music. Yeah, yeah, but they have like that was kind of a little one phase that they had at the start. But if you listen to a lot more, there's like all kinds of stuff. There's like metal tunes, like indie tunes, and because uh, I listened to it, there's another track we think is mad called Dog Called Sparky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the weird like <laughs> pig noise in the middle is fucking mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's your, what's your stand? Is it? Think to God, you should listen oh, to two-part album. We, okay, so a friend of ours did, uh, on my phone downstairs, playing this music. A friend of ours, we mocked up the cover of that album as well, with the weird, their eyes are bigger on yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. absolutely shit looking. What's your stance on the Cardiacs? I have to say I like them. Oh no, Jesus Christ. Well, thank God you've already bought the cassette. Uh, <laughs> th- this cassette is nothing like the Cardiacs. This is actually good. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was hoping it would be. Oh, thanks for that. That was, that's Dave. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Anna. Dave and Anna here at the merch stop in the Grand Social. That's incredible. Those people were younger than me. Oh, no. Whoa. What? They're, they're 2021, 20, 22. Like. Oh, like they're in their, they're in their 40s. Yeah. No, no, he's just a culture. Can I ask oh, a question what? about the previous couple? Yeah. Did the fella have a moustache? He had a moustache. Did he wear glasses? No. Okay. Do you think you know them? Um, they might be from Gogglebox. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's, there's a couple I'm pretty sure called Peter, Peter and Lola, Lola on, Goggle, on Gogglebox, and the wife is from Germany, or the girlfriend's from Germany. Wow! Oh my god, I remember what they look like. So I, well, I, I might have the names mixed up, uh, but I'm pretty sure that Lola was. Come here, Ross. I don't know who I'm looking for here. I just looked up Lola Gogglebox. It'd be Gogglebox Ireland. No, they're not there. No. Okay. We'll never know. We will never ever know. I think it's also worth mentioning, Pete, that Dog Like Sparky does not feature the pig, pig noise. noise. Oh that no! That would be the other Cardiacs classic. He's a worms, worms hero. hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I just outed him as a fucking fake fan. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. great. Uh, maybe he was humouring you. <sighs> I was just, I, I don't even know how it came about. Because I, I don't I don't try and bring up the cardiacs wherever mm, I go. Okay. No, you avoid that topic. Yeah. Uh, but I, but he didn't bring them up. I brought, whatever happened, I brought them up. And he went, oh yeah, they're great. <laughs> and I had to do a, a little like. Uh, and this man is a 20, 20 something. This lad is young. This lad is a young man. He's a vital young, young musician. Tell me about his little recording setup he has and things like that. Crazy bastard. I had never come across a genuine fan of the cardiac. I'm just annoyed Sam isn't here that he can witness that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's something kind of humorous as well about it. The fact that it drops into that thing that your phone has been used to play the music. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to show because obviously we mocked up the cover one of the days here with the yeah. shitty Instagram filter job things mm. I don't know why that's funny but it just kind of is just because we didn't know that and there's no like need for us to know that no reference <laughs> yeah, to it yeah, but the yeah. fact that there's like time called Malice and Teenage Kicks playing in the background it's because of your phone <laughs> well because Kieran cut to me and said our DJ hasn't turned up and I said okay can I borrow your phone this is the thing he was like, we need a phone. And I said, yeah, okay, grand. And he, he looked, he saw my phone, he picked it up and was like, oh, it has a headphone jack, cool. So this yoke that everyone hates <laughs> saved the fucking day. Because everyone else had a new phone that didn't have a headphone jack and they couldn't play music through it. Um, just to go back, to the, it wasn't the people from Gogglebox. Oh. I think I got the names wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they didn't have a phone. The teacher didn't turn up. They didn't have a phone. So Kieran put on a playlist. Someone, I think he accidentally, because I just getting recommended now the last podcast you listened to. And I think Kieran might have like, on his break took my my phone with him because I got is it the last podcast you listened to sorted with the Dyers which is Danny Dyer <laughs> and his wife's podcast <laughs> wouldn't peg Kieran as a Danny Dyer fan rumbled Kieran but yeah there's a load of the bands there as well there's like, like Pillow Queens and Thumper and Girl Band and Keen Kavanagh who I did 
didn't realize until I put up a thing about him that everyone was like, he's a fucking big deal. And then his name is Keen, not Keen. It's K E R N. Keen. That's weird. Because I thought it was like first, like people were saying it like the way that some people say Liam instead of Liam. <laughs> <laughs> like I 100% thought you were saying Keen, Kavanagh. No, his name's Keen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said, Keen. Like the band, Keen. It- that's what I said, yeah. Keen. Ross's favourite band. Hell yeah. That, that was uh, a frightening uh, word on the streets. Uh, we got a nice litmus test of the lunacy that is walking around the streets of Dublin. Can't believe there's cardiac fans out there. Unironic, though, things are genuinely just, great. Just walking mm-hmm. around Dublin like. I know, and we don't know. The youth. Yeah. And, they're, and they're allowed. It's like that thing of like, you walk by like t- two murders in your life or like you eat eight mm. spiders. It's like, you walk by cardiac fans probably every day. Yeah, and you don't even know. <laughs> oh, that's scary. It's stuff. terrifying. It's terrifying. Again, like, I'm a fan of them and that I want them to exist because it is so insane. Oh, yeah, so, I'm glad that they're a thing. Someone actively sitting down to go I'm going to listen to Dog Calls Barky today and, and not hate it and not, I'm, not, I'm, going to, I'm going to watch the video and see the bass player totally nude that his genitals are only covered by the fucking fatness ties in his stomach <laughs> that's you know. also another song <laughs> what's, what's that song visiting hours that's yeah, yeah 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 no I only imagine kind of like men who look like Bill Bailey like in the cardiac this lad couldn't have looked less like Bill oh. Bailey this lad had normal hair and was like young which is the exact opposite of Bill Bailey mm. and he didn't win Strictly I, I think Bill Bailey winning Strictly was, a, was like a pity sympathy vote Apparently he was good. He, he was good. I, he I saw it. I saw he can't have been a good dancer. He was good. You know, and it's the journey he made. You see, the fact that he went from being Bill Bailey to being as good as he was, relative as well. The, he was taken on this journey of dance. Okay, I didn't realize he was just strictly bad. <laughs> I watched the final. I watched the final with my mum. I watched one of the clips of him. They did. Think they did like a one where they were like wearing spats and suits. Okay, I I, I saw the, I saw the final, which oh. you see was the most emotional episode where they talk about the journey and the dance and okay. the this and the. Well, did cry. you see that? See that horrible fucking Simpsons one? I did see that. Oh. Not at the time. Oh fuck! Yeah, with your man from the Wanted. Is that who that was? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, which one? The bald lad. Yeah. Do you remember the lad from? There's a lad from the Wanted, the short lad with the eyes wide apart, looks like Sid from Ice Age. <laughs> oh yeah, he went out with Ariana Grande. What? Who? Yeah. Nathan. Nathan, From yes. the Wanted. Well I, remembered. <laughs> like, I can't remember any of the cardiac yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I remember Nathan from the fucking Wanted. Jesus Christ. I can't think of his last name. Long short of it, Bill Bailey strictly win. Yeah. Totally deserved. Nathan Sykes. Uh, I was going to say that, but I was I, like, it was in my mind, I was like, that can't be right. Sorry, I have to Google this. Sykes. Ariana Grande. What, in what world? He didn't get a fucking song written about him. Uh, 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 the fucking headline is all about Ariana Grande's ex missing from Thank You Next. Wow. Oh, wow. Nathan was never going to get the shout in Thank You Next. Did it for a few months back in 2013. Oh, this was before Ariana Grande like was fucking massive. No, she was like still on Sam and Cat at the time. I'm oh, right. Still the fact that they even meet. Yeah, like she had an album out and stuff like that. Yeah, like the wanted in my head are gigging in the fucking Lakeside Manor in Virginia. <laughs> I saw them in the three arena. Wow. But there was fuck all people there. Um, Pete, I do remember being in your house one time with Morna. <laughs> Does this reflect badly on me? She told me that you absolutely loved Glad You Came. Oh, I did. I, I yeah, unironically thought it was class. I adored it. But you were like not telling any of us or the lads or anything oh, like no, that. Oh, no, no. Yeah. She outed you. I had a Sony Ericsson like slide phone that I bought with the money I won from winning the first Christmas concert in the tech and the uh, first song I got in that was Glad You Came By The Wanted Would I know anyone I'm glad you came The sun goes down The stars come out And all that counts Is here and now My universe Will never be the same I'm glad you came I'm glad you came Wait is that not 
like great. I know. Came out like last year. No, came out in like 2012. I heard it on the radio now. Because it's still a tune. Your only wins. I didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to tell you wanted song. To be honest, that was the only good one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just great pop. <laughs> Yeah, now, to be fair, I did go from that to like ripping off recognition and like for so like the, my journey of dance. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was essential. But yeah, that was a word on the street. We went from cardiac to Bill Bailey to the Wanted in not very many moves. Mm. Fair play. Never miss a beat with the word on the street. I cope. What happened to Josie? This is Sonic Seconds. This is Sonic Seconds. Uh, that intro, I believe, is from Twin Peaks, uh, of which I've just initiated us all. I've initiated all of us into the Bookhouse Boys by buying us all a badge with the emblem on it, and we're all now part of the team. Uh, this is Sonic Seconds, where we play two or two seconds from a song that we think just makes the track. Ross, you're up first. Again. You're always up first for Sonic Seconds. This is the pattern. The show works, we stick to the pattern. I don't like this pattern. Again, my one's a vocal one because I'm boring and predictable. I'm glad you came. <laughs> <laughs> This um, <laughs> comes from the shoes or shoes. Oh, brilliant. Oh, nice. Thank God you're listening to shoes now because I think they're great. But I'm really glad you've come around to the band now, Ross. Um, <laughs> I've been really trying to get you into them for like months. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm really into the band. You know what song it is? That one song you showed me. Say like you mean it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just at the end of the chorus when the harmonies are there. It's quite nice. Believe it. You gotta say it like you mean it. That line, it, it's fantastic. No, mm-hmm. it's very, very good. Uh, I think they're a great band. Their best of, uh, surprisingly enough, has all their best songs on it, and is a great resource to go uh, listen to the stuff if you want to go listen to them. He does have a bum chin. He does have a bum chin. He, do, he does have like a, he does have like a crimson chin, which I always on. feared growing up that I would uh, oh, develop yeah. one. I develop one, and it was a huge fear of mine growing up. Honestly, surely bum chins turn up pretty early on in someone. No, actually, I've never seen a child with a bum chin. They do, they do develop. <laughs> they do develop actually. Fair. No, but you ever like, you ever feel like, you know, just, you know, deep in thought and you're rubbing your chin, you go, oh, there's a little, there there's a little there. crevice yeah, there. there. I really a... hope that doesn't develop into a bigger bum chin. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't. If you were to sit and muse for long enough, you probably, Maybe could, that's could, you probably could manifest one. Yeah. You could chisel one yourself. Ow. Is a bum chin's that bad? I, I don't no. know what it was. I just hated it. I, I, I just was like, I really, really don't want one of them. It sometimes suits people. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think you've got a strong jaw. Oh, like, I'm not one. saying anyone with a bum chin, it's bad on them. Me, me personally, was af- afraid of getting. <laughs> Michael Jackson kind of developed one or like possibly oh. like surgically he got one inserted bum chin implants brilliant okay Evan your seconds <laughs> what's my one where's my fucking phone I'm really glad we talked about my sonic seconds there for ages that was great <laughs> you brought up bum I chins know. how do we even get to bum chins from that great harmonies I'm always afraid of bum chins your man oh, from the, 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 has the singer has it oh does he well it's, it's subtle but it's there a subtle bum chin <laughs> That sounds like an alien. Like, oh, that's one of the subtle bunchins. I mean, all the jaws and chins in that band are incredible. They do look like pig shit now. <laughs> they are really ugly now. Sorry if any of the shoes are listening to this. <laughs> Go on, so seeing as we just had Christmas and peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind and we find ourselves in the new year, this Sonic Second comes from a singer I know, Ross, loads. Oh, lovely. It's someone you definitely hate the sound of, but... This is a Sonic Second that is made by their voice. Oh no, is it fucking Br- Roxy, Ad- Roxy Music? Yep. Roxy Adams. <laughs> Brian Music. <laughs> Mr. Brian Music to you. <laughs> Brian Music. Pretty sure he's just the head of music. The head of Brian's. I was going to say head of Brian's, but I thought, nah, I won't bother. I, bo- I bothered. I, l- <laughs> I let someone else catch the low-hanging fruit.
Okay. It's so quiet and I already hate it. <laughs> and it's funny that over the course of December, I'd say it's fair to say that I, maybe November actually, we were, I know, we were in lockdown. I went I went from being someone who likes and will defend Roxy Music and enjoys Roxy Music to being a full-blown Roxy Music fan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hate to break it to you, Ross. I've never had an issue with Roxy Music. I love I them. I think they're great. great. I think they're a fantastic band. In their early days, especially, I can't vouch for the later stuff, some of which has sounded a little bit pooey. <laughs> Ro- Roxy do rock. Don't call them Roxy because my dog's name's Roxy and you're going to make me hate but my dog. Ross, when you're a Roxy fan, you call them Roxy. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, Virginia Plain, first single, great single, on top of the pops, August 1972, has to be this version because it's what a... Brian, he said Brian May. <laughs> All the other Brians. It's what Brian Ferry's voice does on the live vocals. So Top of the Pops, the band is mime, but the vocals are live. And for some reason, the way he sings this line, it's better than a studio version. It's better than any other version I've ever heard. And it just chimes nicely with me. I love that. Bow. The the hot as a hips of Devon Wood. I like that a lot. And O'Brien Frey gets passed. Because the rest of the verse is all, you know, da 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 diet. It's all that yeah. kind of, it's all uppity. And then Horrible. he just suddenly goes, hitting the seventh thing it woke. Yeah. <laughs> with a punk in. Was Brian Ferry the first punk? Roxy with the first punks. I think Johnny Logan, he was a punk man. He wanted to be a punk, yeah. He was yeah. a punk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wearing white suit jackets on the late late doing the Eurovision. He was a punk man. Gay Byrne was the first punk. In many ways, the late late show was the first punk band. <laughs> right, Bex, hit us with your Sonic Seconds. My Sonic Seconds comes from the Buzzcocks. What do I get? Oh, I was going to say the Promises, the really shit backing vocals and Promises. No. Down. That's my impression of that. <laughs> this is at the end, after the last chorus, when it goes into the little outro, and I became obsessed with this song like two years ago because of the entire outro. I actually prefer the outro to the rest of the song. Oh, right. Nice. Well, let me tell you how... I really love the, well, let me tell you, you now, know. into it, into yeah. that those very nice chords. How that drummer cannot just play, cannot do the hop little skippy jump fill. <laughs> Every two minutes. <laughs> he can't not do that. It's, it's, yeah. it's insane. It's, it's not even like a part that suits the song. It's just, that's how I play it. It's when mm. he plays any beat, he has to do it. It's a weird, yeah. like, reset thing. It does sound great, though. It works. Yeah, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can't copy it. You can't do it. Can you not? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Also, Steve Diggle is a silly name. Steve Diggle is a silly name, but also does sum him up so well mm. he, yeah. has, he has no right actually being as accidentally cool as he is sometimes because he is he is a it's, diggle it's a fucking <laughs> the most CBeebies name ever I know it's such a shame Pete Shelley is a fucking deadly name for someone in the band yeah. Steve Diggle it's Thank one you. letter away though from Emmerdale Steve Diggle just has an unfortunate like, harmony in my head his voice is great he looks great in some of the stuff but then other times mm. he just does look quite vacant uh, I wanted to know what the Emmerdale was it Emmerdale Ding- Dingle Steve Dingle oh the Dingles from Emmerdale uh, yeah. 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 But, but he's in court or something like that or he's in an official capacity he's Mr. Diggle that's so silly and cute though yeah yeah Mr. Diggle is like yeah he's he's friends with Mr. Tumnus you'd be like Mr. Diggle sound like you have fucking hooves man yeah yeah very good Sonic Seconds uh, now my Sonic Seconds comes from band another band who I think occupy the same sort of world that the name Steve Diggle does The Small Faces yeah mm. and it's the song Lazy Sunday oh nice so now the laid back nature of this stone cold classic is infectious. That's what I would say if I was a shit writer from Mojo. Missing the phrase quintessentially British or... Mod icons. Captures a certain Englishness. Idiosyncrasies. I refuse to say any of that. What I say is Whopper tune. Bumping. Big Mac tune. Subway 6, 12 inch foot long tune. We have the weird tripped out bit in the middle. And it's another vocal... So all the Sonic Seconds so far have been vocal moments. Yeah. this This is another vocal moment. (laughs) 
So we've just had the weird tripped out bit and we launch back into the jointness that's already been previously established in the song. The mm-hmm. And then we hear the which I assume is Ronnie Lane. Definitely Ronnie Lane. 100% Ronnie Lane. And yeah. uh, as it, does, it, it does sound like someone who's going to go on to own a farm and wear floppy hats. And wouldn't you know, yeah. he does. And even then after this then, I think it's them on kazoos doing the... Yeah. And that sounds great as well because you can, you can hear them like blowing through the kazoos as well. Like They're, they're like overloading the kazoos, man. It's like oh, blowing them out. It's like one Sonic Seconds, isn't it? It is. it is an all entirely vocal based Sonic Seconds. Very, very good. Yes, that was Sonic. Who introduced us to you? Did? I cope! What happened to Josie? That was Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds! Oh, sorry. I sat, I sat on my balls weird at the beginning of this and just they haven't been comfortable since. Oh, fucking hell. Can easily happen. Next segment. Bex brings into Sid Didn't Die. Are we keeping it Twin Peaks? Do we want to? Keeping it Tweep! Keeping it Tweep! Well, should we explain that like we our, our pet name for Twin Peaks is Tweep? We come home, we, everyone comes home from the gigs or if, like, at any point in the day while I was staying here we could look at each other and go, Tweep? Tweep. This is getting silly now. It's quite a different. I mean, different. It's quite anything. It doesn't matter. Quote Seinfeld. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? You do that. Am I going to sit and die? Yeah, yeah, you do. It. Was that wrong? Should I not <laughs> have done that? <laughs> this is Sid didn't die. Wrong. This is Sid Didn't Die for this. Uh, segment where we talk about instances where bands did stuff that we found disappointing and not to our taste. Ross went first last time. Evan, you're going first. Have we discussed, this is really going back now, the Dave Clark situation? In general, I don't think it's actually happened on the podcast. Oh, well then. Well then. This is a huge <laughs> Sid Didn't Die for Sid Didn't Die for Dave Clark, basically. Yes. Uh, Becky, move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> As Dave Clark would have it, there were only three bands that mattered in the 60s. It was the Beatles... Then it was the Dave Clark Five. Then it was the Rolling Stones. Dave Clark is a liar. Yeah. A cheat and a swindler. Yeah. <laughs> Build up a little Build boy's hopes and dreams. <laughs> I always say dreams when he doesn't actually say dreams. I don't know why I do that. I said good day. Yeah, Dave Clark, the leader and drummer of the Dave Clark Five, or so he would have you believe, just was responsible for all manner of despicable nonsense uh, throughout their brief, not even that important, reign yeah. in the UK charts, the uh, US charts, the world charts. They were, their, their single Glad All Over knocked I Wanna Hold Your Hand uh, off number one in America, making them the second British invasion band. So they fluked, they, just by chance that happened to be the way, you know, I Wanna Hold Your Hand was number one, but something had to knock it off. Yeah. They had more success, I think, in America in those years than they did in Britain, but still had like a good few hits, had this kind of stompy sort of sound, which they tried to patent as the Tottenham sound in the style of the Mersey beat. The Tottenham trot. Dave Clark is a really kind of unscrupulous maybe he could, he's almost a kind of a Simon Cowell type figure it's like if Simon Cowell and the devil had a baby <laughs> he, did, he did ascend to a level of power that is like unfathomable considering how like they were just like a footnote who wanted to be a chapter yeah yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, so he managed the Dave Clark Five that he drummed in and drummed live in but he never played in any of the recordings he had session musicians playing the recordings which I mean you know that's its own argument in itself I have no I have no problem with session musicians I would happily be a session musician but it was that he never gave any of these people any credit same thing happened with the Dave Clark Five songs they were all written by a man 
called Ron Ryan, who was the brother of the ex-guitarist, and he wrote some songs for them when they needed original material, because like, oh shit, the Beatles are writing their own songs, we need to have some of our own numbers to do with the group. He had these songs, Dave Clark said, well, if we go in 50-50 on them, you know, we can make money. If the band does these, we'll split the royalties. Like, I'll take uh, I'll take a credit on it, because I've brought the song to the public, and we'll split the thing. The records came out, it just said Clark. Ron Ryan never got any credit, never got any money, cheated out of all those sales, these number one records in America. He, uh, there's been a Facebook page established. Yeah, uh, What was that Facebook page it's called? It's called, like, Give Back. Give Ron Ryan Ron Back His back. Fucking Money. Dave Clark of DC5 must pay Ron Ryan all royalties due. Is the name of the Facebook page that has been established in an attempt Which to make Ron this Ron Ryan, I think, is, like, in. Oh, he is. He's been added to the group, and I've read several testimonials from him, and generally just testimonials from people who were around the Dave Clark 5, and he just was just a fake. He's just mm. motiv- motivated by money, and I really liked some of the Dave Clark 5 stuff. I think Gladden Over's a fine song, and he's that, like, but it, Anyway, it, You Wanted, I think, is one of the great pop singles of its era. Pop. First power pop record ever made, some might say. But the fact that they're inducted by Tom Hanks, and he is glowing about them, is really impressive. He overgills the lily. The lily is gilded to fuck. So intensely. But again, I think Dave Clark has just talked that it's happening. He's managed to make America, he's managed to like retcon America's vision of the 60s to the point where they think that the Dave Clark 5 actually mattered. And like they mattered in like Ed Sullivan show land. Yeah, but so did the searchers and no one gives a fuck about them and they should. Yeah, but they didn't leave any sort of last. Really the anger behind that I mean like they should give a fuck about the searchers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if Dave Clark 5 were being given like leverage and, and fucking relevancy in this day and age, the searchers should as well. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. The fact that Dave Clark does look like a punching bag someone has put hair on yeah. is horrible. Yeah, he, does he, also, he, has yeah. the, he has the eyebrows of David Hemmings now as well. Dave, so for the listeners at home, Dave Clark Five, the more money he's made, he also become a millionaire because he bought the rights to all the 60s TV shows like Ready City Go and all sorts of stuff. And, and refused and to release them. Refused to release them, refused to put them out on DVD, put them out on Disney Channel in the 90s, but edited in Dave Clark Five clips that weren't in the shows in the first place. Yeah. And it was all like Ready City Go star in the Dave Clark Five. And there's this whole fucking like weird, like Stalinist approach to fucking the history of the band. History of the 60s. Of the 60s. Owns all these rights, won't fucking release them. He's made loads of money on stuff like that. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. He's mutated, that's what I was going to say, into a sort of an evil overlord supervillain. Yeah. And his face has... His face reflects that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, he does, to me, look like a like a Thunderbirds villain. Yeah, like yeah. That. Like, he does look like a puppet. So he's just he, he's just behaved really badly, yeah. taking people's money. Essentially, his entire get-up and go, Sid yeah. didn't die for. I was going to I was gonna have it be Sid didn't die for uh, Ron Ryan's songwriting credits and money being stolen by Dave Clark for massive hit singles, but D- Dave Clark in general yeah. would almost yeah. do. If he were to do an It's a Wonderful Life, the world would benefit from him not existing. <laughs> I don't wish ill on Dave Clark I do wish that if he had the choice and decided to not live in the world I would support that decision Sid definitely didn't die for Dave Clark speaking about Mike Smith after his death he so didn't we won't even invoke the quote we'll we, just, can't, oh, we no, can't we can't be associated with that if you do want to look it up though it is disgusting how he tries to remember his long standing recently deceased friend mm. yeah Back. So didn't I? So mine is <laughs> so not in the same vein, so much shorter as well. Great. Sid didn't die for Lenny Kravitz's balls popping out <laughs> of his leather trousers. I think I think Beck Sid sacrificed himself for that. <laughs> Sid gave up his life for that to happen. So Lenny could fucking pop some brain at a festival. Yeah. It's the cringe level of it all. Yeah. Because he has to like basically like squeeze his arse cheeks for the rest of the gig <laughs> so that no one can see. We did watch it recently, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and yeah. I watched it again before. <laughs> started this and it's like the backing singers definitely have such a distressing view <laughs> yeah he has to rooster to the rest of the gig because mm. he, do, he, do, he kind of does the talk doesn't he oh well like he, literally like his legs are glued together for the yeah. rest of the mm. fucking gig like. 
well, this is the thing. So, like, you know, we've all worn... I've never worn leather trousers. You have. I have, yeah. I, but I've worn, like, leather jackets and things like that. Mm. You know that there is no give in them. And if you mm. push mm. that too far, it will go. He knew what he was at. I'm not saying he wanted it to happen. Yeah. But also, it's a bit like... If you go to try and do, like, a fucking... Slut like, drop. Slut drop on stage in leather trousers that are tight to begin with. With what no do you underwear expect? on. Yeah, while going commando. Again, yeah. And, yeah commando's a conversation for another day. Yeah. It has its benefits. <laughs> In leather trousers, absolutely not. You professing to go in commando here. I've gone in commando on a, <laughs> if I'm at home and somehow putting on jeans seems easier than putting on jocks and jeans. I will do that. Okay. I hate the idea of going commando in jeans. It's in my it's within my right as a as a citizen of Ireland and as a civilian of the planet to not wear jocks <laughs> if I don't want to. If it's I need to run to the house or something quickly to get whatever milk from me that and I go oh, I'm just not arsed I'm going to be taking these off straight away I don't want to like <laughs> you're lying <laughs> prone on the bed fully naked. <laughs> no, I go commando in my, in my pajamas. Okay, okay all the time that's that's still fairly fairly massive news but anyway we've known this for ages the first night we ever Us, yeah i blocked this out you oh. shamed me one night <laughs> we absolutely picked him apart you did you don't remember this no it's a bully in memory but i was the bully and i repressed it <laughs> we were staying it was the first gig we were staying away i think it was, did you limerick. come to limerick yeah, yes. I was in limerick. yes i remember it so well <laughs> i was in the room getting changed and i said don't look because i'm getting changed and you're gonna see my bum and then you bex went you don't and everyone, you don't wear fucking jocks with your pajamas. That's fucking weird. Oh, and I went, no, 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 I do, I do, I need to, I need to change my jocks. And then I wore jocks for the entire Stripes career oh, because I'm, of that. I'm so sorry, Pete. I'm so sorry. I stand by that. <laughs> Well, I know a lot of people's like parents start that in their lives. Like, pe- a lot of people don't wear underwear with their uh, pajamas. And their parents' insistence. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, as in, like, in the early days of their childhood, okay. like, when their parents are dressing them. Fucking people. sick fucks. You wear socks in the bed. Sick fucks. Don't come near me. No, no, Ev, Ev is fully dressed. You're too close. I, I go to bed dressed like Scrooge. Yeah. 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 You're, like, you're... if nightcaps were still a thing, you would be wearing Of course them. I would. But I, I'm a very much a pajama comfort man in every other aspect. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yes, I got the button. I don't just go, like, because, to be honest, I'm a bit disappointed. You suddenly just go, like a loose top and just shitty trousers I go no I go for a pyjama outfit you'd have the pyjamas as we say that can take a tie yeah (laughs) (laughs) they have a shirt pocket for midnight stopwatches all that aside Lenny Kravitz knew what he was like going commando on leather trousers slut dropping he was getting cocky dare I say (laughs) no sympathy I have sympathy for everyone else who's like on stage and everything oh yeah did he do a bad thing Yes. Did he? Indecent exposure. You know, he did a fucking hilarious thing. It, did a, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, it just didn't need to happen, and the reasons yeah, yeah. why he did it were very... Like, the reasons why he wore no jocks that day was like, so he wouldn't ruin the lining of leather trousers. He knew he was going to pull off a movie like that. He knew the trousers weren't able for it. Yeah, but if you've seen anyway. the footage, maybe there aren't underwear that fit him. Maybe he's packing yeah. such heat. They can't take the Gs. Mm. <laughs> they can't handle the G-force of a Lenny Kravitz slut drop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Sid didn't die for this element is really the fact that he thinks he's such a legend. Strutting around, sunglasses on, leather trousers, little heeled boots, thinking he's a fucking rock god. And then like literally the most embarrassing thing that has ever <laughs> happened to him in his life <laughs> goes down. Yeah. yeah. He, I do, again, much like Dave Clark, I'm disappointed at the level of like full credibility that Lenny Kravitz is held in. People think he's genuinely good mm. and I, I think it's a joke He's he is like nothing <laughs> Jesus Christ he is nothing and I am I'm Alan Partridge but who is Lenny Kravitz I, I don't he know he had a song in the 90s yeah. he's afforded a level of respect that I just think isn't deserved I don't think he's earned it at all He doesn't. it's not like he has insane chops and insane singing ability he's just fine yeah he's kind of a one hit wonder he's the Natalie Imbruglia of, of American yeah. music also while like the ball pop happens <laughs> while he's doing a cover of American Woman by the Guess Who 
Which is silly. So, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Sid didn't die for Andy Partridge's behaviour in general, Mm -hmm. but especially (laughs) on stage with the police in 1980. In this clip, he does exhibit the behaviour of a man who, in less than two years' time, have a panic attack on stage and never play live ever again. So, from what I can gather, the police are on tour in 1980. Uh, XTC are the support act. I think at this point, the police were touring Regatta de Blanc and XTC had Black Sea. So, both bands were like riding high on good albums. Uh, Regatta de Blanc's fine. (laughs) Successful. Successful, yeah. So it's the end of the gig So XTC have been on tour With, with the police The encore is so lonely Sting invites everyone Onto the stage Much like uh, We always thought we would do But never actually really did um, Colin, Terry and Dave Come on Without much fanfare at all Like they did throughout their lives Dave Gregory has never done anything With fanfare <laughs> Dave, Dave Gregory was born With little fanfare <laughs> And Andy Partridge comes on With all the fanfare He yomps on with a pineapple Which he puts on Sting And then rips its head off The pineapple's not Sting's And then he boots that Into the crowd He then joins Sting at the mic For the chorus Of so only Commandeers the mic And then goes Full dub remix on it uh, Exhibited thusly <laughs> And now you can see there if he's holding the mic in such a way that his elbow is like perpendicular. He's, he's he to has Sting's the power. He has the, the control over the mic. He is to Sting's left and he's holding it with his right hand so his elbow is perpendicular to the mic stand which means were Sting to try and reclaim some ground he would be stopped by Andy's elbow. So now it was Sting's show. It is now very much Andy's episode. Mm. And it is Andy's episode <laughs> but now I've cross-referenced the dates thanks to the immaculately curated police tour archives mm. with the information available to us from the XTC documentary and their fan sites and all that and I found that this is about two months after the incident in America where his wife flushed all his Valium down the toilet and he decided to kick Valium cold turkey yeah. so what we are seeing here is the self-destructive detox of a lifetime dependency on Valium being undertaken by a man who was unhinged and fragile at the best of times. Yeah, yeah. But we are seeing in full flight, in like devastating surround sound and like blinding Technicolor, is the period of a man's life that he lovingly referred to as... Melty Brain Andy. Ridiculous. And Sid did not die for that. No. no. Sting was fucking furious after this yeah. as well. He definitely bet the shit out of... Stuart Copeland for no reason (laughs) (laughs) my one is uh, back in the year of 2014 a dark time it was the stripes were um, were supporting Arctic Monkeys is this it didn't have to do with us no and we went home to our parents houses and ate super noodles Arctic Monkeys went to get their um, award for the best (gasps) album of the year oh my fuck yeah good one actually good good shout Alex Turner first of all stands up like a prick which I didn't (laughs) think he could do his speech is horrible. He goes to say thank you so fucking much, but he doesn't have the balls to say fucking. So he goes, thanks so f- much. Oh. And then proceeds to say, invoice me for the mic. Drops the mic and there's no sound. We all, that was definitely like a, a dividing moment for a lot of people. And I think anyone with any sense was on the side of, that was silly. It was, yeah. it's so... What, what I think is like the core of the message being like fucking, oh, you know... That rock and roll, But eh? it's like, basically he was he was saying yeah. bands are going to be around. Yeah. And it was seen as if you didn't like what he said, you were like, I want bands to stop. I think a lot of bands were like, I have to agree with because I want bands to be around. But like, no, 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 you can agree with like mu- music should be with bands playing it, fine. But like the way he went about doing it was really cocky was and horrible. silly and cringy. It was embarrassing mm. for everybody. It was a weird move to pull. I think like if you're in that position, you would just go just get the award and get off the stage. Oh like, my God. Uh, get the award 
forward and fucking yeet yourself <laughs> off the fucking stage. Yeet fucking home to bed. Yeah, yeah. But it, no, it to me, no, that is a, it is a summing up, I would say, of everything that I find uncool about the nebulous concept that is rock and roll. I think definitely, I don't think any of it was cool at all. No. I don't think any of it was good. Like, he didn't take a stand. He, he went along, he was invited to a thing, he went along, accepted the award he was given, and then said, yeah, no matter what you do, rock's going to be around. They're giving you the platform to do this. You're not doing, it's not like you crashed the fucking GQ yeah, award. Yeah, they just yeah. give you best album, yeah. like, yeah. So who are you railing against? You're not doing anything. Yeah. It's like, again, it's like sitting around with people you all agree with going, this is a fucking outrage. And you go, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it definitely wasn't cool regardless whether it was right or wrong whatever it was it just wasn't cool and only anyone would look around and go I want, I want to be that guy it was so silly I've never seen an award show moment that was good though Oasis and Blur are calling to the right they always seem really petty and bad because they're like oh, yeah. you're on a platform that like loads of people are going to watch it's reserved for people who are doing really well so to be like punching up or punching down at, at that moment in time just always looks bad just go up and go mm. fucking cheers Grant. Billy Connolly got an award once he was nice that's uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I'll sit I'll sit down and watch like Grammy Award accepted speeches by like, Joe mm. Pesci and love them. They're great. But if like when musicians do them, especially if you give like Liam Pla- Liam Gallagher like if you give Liam Gallagher the an o- an occupied room at Earl's Court and a microphone, yeah. it's going to be embarrassing. I've never once felt the kind of like yeah, you are rock. Yeah, no. good shout, Ross. A uh, uh, massive indictment on a list of growing indictments the Arctic Monkeys have. So Sid didn't die for any of that. No, nice coverage there. I thought. Yeah. yeah. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? That was Sid didn't die for this. I got a toe here, buddy, so step on it. What is this? Guilty Hatreds. This is Guilty Hatreds. They're the bands that everyone thinks are great, but I can't help but be filled with hate. It might be a member, it might be a hit. I feel bad when I tell someone I think they're only alright. That quote was a quote that was brand new to you, Becky. Mm. <laughs> but you've definitely heard. I've heard. I've seen the episode. I just can't recall the quote. <clears throat> so this is Guilty Hatreds, where we bring up bands we feel bad <gasps> about not like it. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> where was that hustle on the day, Bex? <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? You wouldn't fucking listen to me. So you said some of you had said you had some disputatious ones. You didn't say disputatious. I said that. You said you had some <laughs> bad ones. So I'll go first because mine's kind of l- light. Light enough. This isn't so much feeling bad about hating a band. It's feeling bad about hating an aspect of a band that I otherwise really like. Mm. Uh, and this is going to elicit some slight heartbreak in one specific listener and that is Olivia and I am very sorry about this Olivia Jellyfish are a fantastic band yes. with some great music a terrifying live setup were distressing but great music Ghost Number One's great song some fantastic albums Jason Faulkner the guitarist is brilliant I saw him playing live with Beck he was absolutely fantastic but the image now this the first of all just for, for reference for everyone here we'll show you what they look like stuff like that yeah, yeah. okay it does v- go from like sort of the 60s psychedelic thing into pixie clothes yeah weird cat in the hat pixie what i was gonna say is that that i know the album cover that you're referring to citv pirates they look like yeah to me it looks like if the mother of all messes from the cat in the hat got sick all over the band <laughs> yeah on that album cover that's where they are they're in the fucking they're in the house that sally and conrad live in <laughs> they are going for the guardian ghost thing and i get that but it had totally passed me by until me and you were having a discussion about it and you said and i'm quoting everyone here he yeah. said even for me the image is a bit much yeah. and then i had to totally recalibrate how i viewed the band because i was going jesus christ if everyone who's like 
on for almost any image. Yeah. In terms of like, not like that you would do it, but like in terms of like you look at bands and go, I fucking love how they look. Oh yeah, like mad. it's in Slade, you know, Roxy Music. They can look as crazy as they like. Exactly, yeah, and we're totally fine with that. Uh, and you tiny bit more than I would be. Mm. Even then I had to go, fuck, okay, if, geez, if it's a bit much forever, I need to look at it again. And once I did, I like pulled back the curtain of like liking the music and just looked at it objectively for what it was and couldn't believe what I was actually saying. Where did they find this stuff? Yeah, it has to yeah. be like specially made. The fucking joke shop. It's not like, it's not like they were Slade in the 70s selling 800,000 singles a day and had the money to afford this they were like a small indie like not small indie band but like they were like an alternative band in the 90s there definitely was not loads of money floating around for them to get custom made stuff yeah. for, they don't wear the same thing once yeah. now if you watch them in Jules and that image is toned back a bit and they just yeah. look generally kind of cool it's a lot of chord stuff and like sort of cool jackets with big lapels mm. and that's all fine yeah. but the actual like the promoted image of the band almost does as it gets in the way of the music yeah it does yeah. all just um, about well like if you saw it you probably wouldn't click on no you definitely wouldn't for me this is saying a lot I would be repelled but again because yeah. at the time a lot of the bands would have just been in you know because we love like Teenage Phantom and that but the dress sense wasn't great it was just generally mm. like stripy tilted here and there a cord jacket here denim jacket here and there all very loose fitting and kind of grand yeah. there was a lot of thought put into this but the thought landed somewhere weird for me because also yeah I find that if a band's image is bad in the other way I find it actually gets in the way more when a band looks boring and oh totally you know, oh, yeah. like if, a, if a band is wearing like boring shit ordinary clothes that gets in my way of enjoying them if they don't look cool but then this just goes way too far the other way yeah. I totally agree I would much rather a band look bad but at least they tried than bad and not trying yes. yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's that's my guilty hair. just a small element there of just of jellyfish. Uh, again, as I think they're an absolutely fantastic band. As a ghost number one was one of my most played songs uh, this year. But just the the, the explosion of colour on display, and I don't mean that in a positive way. But other than that, great band. Mine, um, <clears throat> pop duo sparks. No one saw that there. My face did drop. It did <laughs> drop. I knew that. Like, I mean, uh, at the same time, I am being unfair because I don't know much about them. Ron and help me out here, man. <laughs> Ron and. Eamon Mail <laughs> Well Ron Mail is my guy anyway, so I don't yeah, give a Mayle's, fuck who the yeah. other pricks go Russell Mail Russell Ro- Ron and Russell okay, yeah. actually, I wouldn't have thought of that I was thinking like Kevin you Say your piece first You don't like Sparks I cannot stand the fucking only way I can describe it is ship that I, I fucking hate that It's it's so on the border of Cardiacs for me This, But this is the thing So is on the, the border and the look Why do you want to look in any way like Hitler? That was just the times man mm. Also putting all your photos in black and white with the moustache Charlie Chaplin Yeah Great Dictator Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Specifically you wanted to look like Charlie Chaplin in the Great, great Dictator, dictator. Like, I could not see that <laughs> I just think This Town of Big Enough for the Both of Us Is one of like, the best singles of the 70s It's a great, great song Great riff That happens for like two seconds And then they go back into shit Heartbeat That really pisses me off I hate it Elephants and tacky tacky The start of Big Enough for the Both of Us is gonna be Riff is brilliant As I Great riff like he's trying to be he's trying to do an impression of Kate Bush and then this is pretty Kate Bush I know no I think I think Sparks are great I think the album Come On In My House is brilliant as well it is challenging art rock definitely and it's but even they put out an album recently called like was it called Hippo I thought it was really good them and Franz Ferdinand have joined up in to be the yeah. same band that's something that's really weird that's, that, that is really to, weird yeah. that's bizarre yeah, you wouldn't put that on your 2020 bingo card I mean I'm happy for Franz Ferdinand that they're obviously like I'm not in a band with people they wanted to be in a I'm band I'm happy with. for Sparks they're, that they're finally in a good band first of all yeah the album I put it recently Hippopotamus had some great stuff on it I, I'm very pro Sparks just because it is so gaudy and weird uh, much, much like what I, what I don't like about Jellyfish I love about Sparks yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do dislike that I can't remember what Sparks song it is that he appears on Top of the Pops wearing a black t-shirt and skimpy little black shorts and no shoes or socks yeah, that that doesn't reflect on the music necessarily. That's just like no, 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 no. Mm. Just on the jellyfish note of the appearance. Well, funny enough, I think the appearance and appearance and the music go. They're very much linked for me. 
I think they're both fucking weird and shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I totally agree. I think Sparks are great. A very good band, I feel like. Anyone listen here, chime in. Sparks are a divisive topic, have been for a while. Because remember we were in the van and that track came on. And me and Ross both at the same time, on opposite ends of the spectrum, went, this is great shit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's many bands that I've said, I hate that. And I've soon come around to go, oh my God, I love that. Yeah. But this will never You're be one of You're not ready for it, Ross? So yeah, Sparks, now we've established that Ross does not like them. We do. I think they have some cracking singles and great deep cuts. Evan. Uh, well, I think this, as Guilty Hatreds go, is going to be fairly provocative um, because it's something I know there's affection held for this and it's been many, many years of this being played in enjoyment. Is it fair? No. Oh, thank God. Okay, I thought we were going to have to have a talk. <laughs> in the years of touring, this has a, a pleasurable association, I think. For you? No, I think everybody else enjoyed this. And you don't? And it's time to come clean. Okay. And say, I hate... You can call me Al. Oh, no way. What? Didn't expect that. I thought you'd have, like, because even, like, Niall loves that song. So I thought you'd be like, yeah. I can't stand it. Wow. I really don't like it. It's everything (laughs) I don't like about music. (laughs) Chevy Chase. Ev, can I ask a question? Yeah. And answer this truthfully. Yeah. Because obviously you've been lying to us for years. Yeah. You like Sledgehammer? (laughs) I, I don't particularly mind about Sledgehammer. They're two sides of the same coin. They care either way. I've never listened to it. They exist in the exact, in the complete same space. It does not, Ross. You Call Me Al (laughs) exists in the same universe as on the way. Bit, bit, boom. No, on it the way. Yeah, it's the no, same it genre. Doesn't. It's literally the same <laughs> genre of music, and it has the same fucking fluty fucking shit in it. You would be right about that. Yeah. I, but see, I also give on the way too much. I do have like a small <laughs> one on the way. Yeah. Ice Age, but like that's not Ice Age for me. That's Matilda. It's Matilda. No, it's both. It's because I watched those films at the same time when I was okay, younger. Not, okay. it's not simultaneously, obviously, yeah. one after the other. Okay. We get back to you for you two in a second. The bit where. He goes, has somebody ace, somebody on. Oh. It's supposedly, you know what they say about the young. Yeah, you know what they say about the young. But that definitely, he goes, hey, but they say about the young. It definitely is not, you know what they say about the young. <laughs> He's scatting. He, you know what they say about the young. I would have thought that you, call, you Can Call Me Out is a better and more acceptable song than Sledgehammer. I feel like Sledge, I like yeah. Sledgehammer. I think Sledgehammer is more, more challenging to like than Call Me Out. Well, I'm not saying I, I'm, I've never said I like Sledgehammer at any time. I but said you, I, but I you're fine I don't with it. I care. As in, I've never actually listened but to it. But you don't like Sledgehammer. I've only I've seen the video for Sledgehammer in a documentary about Armin Animation and Wallace and Gromit. That's how did, how detached it is. It was on the Chicken Run uh, DVD. Yes, it was. Yeah. See, Adventures see, see, see. Bond. We're bonding. <laughs> Come on, girl, live on that. Yeah. Can I please ask, what is Sledgehammer? Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Why, Why don't you call, call my name? name? Sledgehammer. It can don't be think I know it. Testimony. It has a really famous video that was made by Nick Park and all the urban animation Wallace and Gromit yeah. lads. I'm sorry you'd be so you just every time you put on Call Me Al you just went with it. Just went along with it. You could have just hinted that you didn't really like it, we wouldn't have played it as I much. I thought that'd be being lousy. You said like, oh, I'm not a fan of that, you know? Like we didn't we didn't really like, Sparks weren't as prominent in the van after Ross was like, I don't like this. Oh no, I way prefer this. Okay, okay. Alright, well, yeah. Evan's an idiot. Is this in something else? It's one of the biggest like, hits of the 80s. It's yeah. a massive I know, song. It's got a kind of superstition. Dim- uh, it kind of does. It does. Which we all hate. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, like it. These are ruining these songs. Superstition is ruined by you everyone else it, who covers you it. You like superstition? No. Oh. Ruining Sledgehammer. Oh. You ruin Sledgehammer and you ruin You Call Me Al by, by making me think they're, they're different songs. I know. I like Call Me Al. Okay, what's it like? Is it the production? Is it Do you like Paul Simon in general? I don't. Yeah, Paul Simon can fucking do what he likes. He will. He's earned that right. I dislike the sort of like world music fusion element of it. You don't like his style of fusion. Yeah. I hate the riff, whatever you, for want of a better word. 
Oh yeah. I hear how it's like the same notes. Same stabbing, syncopation or whatever. I'm not on trial here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What else do you not like about it? Um I genuinely, honest to God, don't like anything about it. I could literally go <laughs> to Evan, any I element what about of it. The fucking you don't like that? I think that's comedic and shit. I do think it's a weird choice and wouldn't do it. It's also a palindromic baseline where like at halfway through they cut the tape and just reverse it. You can you can hear it go Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that either. But like but Evan, we stood in a hotel once in America where I played you called me like on a loop while I was showering that must have driven you insane <laughs> I was just quietly thinking to myself I hate that fucking song <laughs> to me it's actually a guilty pleasure more yeah. than a guilty right. I don't think it's a guilty at all I think it's like it's a genuinely good song that is fine to listen to and is accepted as being fine if I was putting on a playlist it'd be like beside Katrina and the Waves yeah uh, Jackson 5 yes Baby Give It Up another song Ev probably doesn't like that's, co- that's fucking coming <laughs> it's not a song anyone would argue with if it came on at a, at a, at a party no one would Yeah, apart no. from Ev I would uh, go to the toilet for, for seven minutes <laughs> yes I can can be done depressing if I was to sum it up in a word I have to say that's how I, that's what I think of it I do get what you mean with like feel good music actually being depressing, be depressing. No, feel good music like Rusted Root and all that shit it's like it's ultimate it's like ultimate bring down music for me. <laughs> and if I was to pinpoint like the fucking bit where the flute comes in it's all that all that sort of stuff that sucks <laughs> Only lame wads like uh, that type of shit. I am a lame mouth breather. No one, no one here is arguing the fact that I am not a fucking lame wad. <laughs> I'm a real life mouth breather as well. Yeah, I don't breathe out of my nose. Oh, do you not? No, I don't breathe out of my nose. I, I hate people like you. Nose. Breathe through your nose like a normal person. I've no, no, because my nose is, is always blocked all the time. Yeah, I, I'm quite a congested person. I have terrible well. nasal cavities. Well, I and I have very red lips, and I was once told that that's because I breathe through my mouth. I don't have that word. Mine, mine are pale as fuck. Pete, you don't even have lips. I'm trying to see them right now, but I can't. What's that about? What's that meant to mean? It means there's no lips. It's just face and then just mouth. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, this was about Evan not liking calling me out and now we're taking like shots it, at my it face. Like, it just looks like flesh and then when you open your mouth, a hole just appears. I didn't need more. Okay, so they, also, yes, yeah, so this is what I found out this year. <laughs> is that I have premature old man wrinkles on my fucking face and eyes. Someone accused me, of, accused me. they told me I had crow's feet, which is a weird thing to point out about someone. It's a bit, who, that was a bit mean. It was a bit mean. Who was that? I'm not going to tell you. It was on holiday. It was my, my holiday. I was told I had crow's feet when I was on holiday. <laughs> Nah, Pete, the wrinkles aren't near as bad as you think they are. I was fine, it doesn't matter. That doesn't bother me. But the crow's feet thing, I thought it was weird to just point out. And I, I now, no, that's rude. And now I don't have a mouth. And I was told this year that I have a funny, funny walk. walk. Mm. That was a low. I didn't need to know that about myself. Sorry, Pete. That just brought me back. We watched your fucking Christmas concert like two days ago when you were, when the, you were the director. The director. We found it on video. Oh, no way. Yeah, you and yeah, me are in the same yeah. place. <laughs> what I said, you like get up and walk over and I was like, Pete walks the exact same. <laughs> you do a jaunt. Okay, so call me out. It wasn't like um, that's fine. That's really great. Again, I'm, I think I'm not going to go to bat for the song. I'm like, yeah, I like mm. it, but it's you know, I like a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it's bad. I'm not agreeing that it's bad. Yeah, yeah. But I can see why it wouldn't be to your taste. Yes. I got a toe here, buddy. So step on it. That was guilty hatred. I feel bad when I tell someone I think they're only alright.
Yes, and with that, we come to the end of the show. Now, this is uh, the first one of the new year. Hopefully, 2021 shapes up better than 2020. 2020 shaped up really well and then failed to deliver for everybody. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully, this gets going now. At the moment, we don't know what the story is because Ireland's back in lockdown. But uh, you can look forward to more Higher Fidelity episodes and Cromagnon issues throughout the year as we manage to do it in lockdown anyway as well. So we shall continue and endeavour to do so. This has been Pete. Ross. Evan. Becky. I didn't like the intro at all. I didn't really like any of that. That was very low-key. Yes, and that brings us to the end of the show. First show of the year. Let's hope it's better. All right, this has been Pete. Ross. Evan. Becky. We've been the Zenarcade and we're reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Be parachuting. Be highfalutin. But most importantly, be be kind. wasn't recording.